we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the podcast where we suck all the goodness out of movies, like sex and violence. Mm. Mm. Suck, suck, suck. The, the the juicy bits, one might say. Super juicy, so juicy. Uh, my name is Orlando, and I'm joined as usual by my guest, co-host, and roommate Ned. Hi, Ned. How are you? Oh, perpetually disappointed, but we carry on. I am so sorry to hear <laughs> that you're gonna be you're gonna be disappointed yet again. I am think. I? Am yeah. I really? Oh, I think this man. is the first time. I was looking forward to like a new favorite today, <laughs> and you're telling me that it's probably not gonna happen. Hey, we can't all bat a thousand all the time, or even five hundred, or even two twenty-five. I could probably, I could probably do two twenty. <laughs> no, I I'm lying. I'm absolutely lying. Um, this is going to be the first time in this podcast history where I am going to start out just by saying, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to our listeners. Uh, th- this movie almost broke me watching this movie for, as research for today. But in uh, in the words of Sala in Raiders of the Lost Ark, life goes on, Indy. Fair enough. Fair. (laughs) There is the proof. (laughs) Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're watching Blood Rain, a 2005 German-American fantasy action horror film directed by the schlock maestro himself, Hugh Boll, former filmmaker and current successful restaurateur. (laughs) Really? I didn't know he was doing restaurants. Yeah, he quit filmmaking and now he has a German Bauhaus in Vancouver. Oh, uh, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, Now, you're going to really... I don't know if you're going to even believe me when I say this, but uh, here, here's here's the star. Here are the stars of this movie. Okay. Okay. Get ready to be slapped in the face of this. The film stars Christina Loken, Michael Madsen, Matthew Davis... Will Sanderson, Billy Zane, Udo Kier, Michael Paré, Meatloaf, Michelle Rodriguez, Geraldine Chaplin, and Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> wow, wait, whoa, hold on. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim that I necessarily recognize all those names. Right. Nor should but, I. <laughs> But there are enough there. <laughs> but but the, uh, the 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 confluence of of Billy Zane, Meatloaf, and Sir Ben Kingsley, Ben Kingsley um, of Gandhi fame alone it is is baffling. This movie baffling. has quite the pedigree. <laughs> this is. This is unreal. It's okay. completely unreal. And it does and it gets even better because this movie was written by Guinevere Turner, who has written such acclaimed films as American Psycho and the Notorious Betty Page. Wow. Yeah. This movie, of course, is nowhere near that level. It's a very infamous <laughs> movie for how wow. bad it is. 
It's based on the video game of the same name from yeah. Majesco Entertainment and the game developer Terminal Reality. <clears throat> have you seen this movie, Ned? I have not seen the movie. Have you played the game? I have not played the game. Um, uh, I am I'm excited that we are going to be diving into a video game film adaptation. Because, yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, our first one on the pod. Um, I... I think that there is a I think that there is a, a, a potentially interesting conversation to be had about video game adaptations because the the history of film adaptations of video games mm-hmm. is a sad one. It's very like, sad. There has yet there has yet to be a film that that has like just been good right. and and I think that it's a great conversation to have about the question of adaptation because I think that there's there's like two different questions to consider one of which is just the question of like how good you can make the film on its own mm-hmm. and then the other question is the question of how are you translating like the experience of the game right. into a film right and and so i think that uh, again i you know we we can, we can save the details of that conversation for watching the film mm-hmm. um but i think that that'll that'll be an interesting thing to if we get the chance to see more uh, adaptations of right. games on the pod to kind of to kind of look into that question of like what what is especially because I mean like there are so many films that are adaptations of books that's um, true and and many great films are yeah. are the product of adaptation so um, so yeah that's, I, I feel like you know you always have to you always have to look out for the story first and foremost and and be, be, be beyond even making like a, a successful like a Adaptation, maybe like you know, thinking in terms of faithfulness or how it relates to the movie, you have to make a successful film. Exactly, and, 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 and the thing with those movies is that they have they failed at both. They failed at, at capturing most movies, uh, uh, and I don't think I've seen. I think like maybe like the better ones. Like I saw Sonic. That one was an okay adaptation, even though it was not faithful to the to the game. Yeah, but but I feel like most video game adaptations fail at both. They fail to be faithful to the spirit of the game, but they also fail at being just good films. Yeah, and I guess maybe that is kind of the thing, too, is that, like, when it comes to, like, films that do adapt books, ultimately, the best of those films kind of have an identity of their own. Right. That, like, you... you you don't necessarily think, oh, it was a really good film, and also, oh, it was like just like reading the book yeah. on film. It, it is its own thing. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to be part of it. And again, like things like executive meddling, considering that, <laughs> considering that, like you know, video game companies nowadays are massive business, right? And and so the 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 powers that be that kind of have to oversee the the taking of those properties from the video game to the film mm-hmm. industry that means that there's there's a lot of different hands in that pie yeah so, and they always have their own agenda too and, yeah and everybody has their own agenda that that 
where wherein the actual quality of the product usually seems to take a backseat. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm excited that this is our first step into it, and I think uh, I'm I'm glad that our first step into it is going to be for something that I haven't played the game because okay. that means that I know I am just going to be in the position of evaluating the film. The on film, its yeah. Own merits. So. And then who knows, maybe you'll play the game and then we can have a, a bonus episode where we talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it, it could be fun to, uh, it could be fun to to do a mix of, mm -hmm. like, you know, of, of uh, diving into some of the games that are associated with some of the adaptations and, and not. Right. And, and yeah, so... Well, all, all worth considering. So, if you guys at home want to watch this movie with us, uh, and I mean, if you want to keep if you want to keep up with us in this episode, then please watch the movie. But again, I'm sorry for making you watch Look, this movie. This is this is going to be a test of your faith in us. <laughs> but this movie is available to stream for free if you have Amazon Prime. It's also available to stream with ads on TubiTV.com. That's T-U-B-I-T-V.com. In fact, TubiTV has all three Blood Rain movies, and all three of them are directed by you, Bowl. So if for some reason you really like this movie and you want to go for the whole trilogy, they're right there for you. Are you ready to watch Blood Rain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to pause here, watch the movie, then we'll be, be right back and we'll play some trivia and have some discussion. We'll see y'all on the other side. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. And we are back! Oh my god. We just watched Blood Rain. First reactions. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I I am still like in a in a state of disbelief mm -hmm. over how <laughs> bad that was. It's so bad. I like I <laughs> Like and and we've we've seen some really bad movies we have. on this podcast, mm -hmm. but like it's what we live for. <laughs> but 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 that a film that could have Billy Zane first. Uh, <laughs> okay, like that that a movie could have Billy Zane and Ben Kingsley in yeah. it. Yeah, and <laughs> and be that bad it boggles the mind. It, I, I I I I am I am just it it's it's a almost surreal experience. Like, yeah, it is really I just, surreal. It, 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 it kind of feels like you're in a dream watching it, but not <laughs> not because not because the movie is dreamlike, but just because you just can't believe that it's that a it got real made. Thing. That that it got made. Right. That 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 people came together yeah. and did all of that. Right. All of that. Mm -hmm. All of that happened. All of it actually happened and there is money behind it. Yeah, they actually filmed that shit. And, and they actually filmed it. It was so abysmal. Like, I think that, I think that it, even if it benefits from, like, improved technology and, you know, more modern mm -hmm. filmmaking techniques... It still is worse than even the worst films we've seen on the right. pod so far because of just like that 
that it it, exi- it just it should it should not have happened. Right. It really should not have happened. It and was it, terrible. It's also like very ineffectual. Like the talent uh, behind it is like it's not just that the quality of the movie is bad. It's just that the whole vision of it is bad too. Yeah. I mean, what what fucking? Vi- I mean, like <laughs> the I I was saying this while we were watching it, but it really was a one dimensional yeah. film. Yeah. Like. It, Almost, if not, every single line of dialogue mm-hmm. in the film is like the most basic form of plain exposition. Yeah, pretty much. Like it is all simply characters being like, I am doing the thing, and other mm-hmm. people being like, Yes, you will do the thing. And I will do this. And thing many that- times they do, they literally do that. They say, Hey, we need to do this, and the other character will be like, Yeah, let's do that. And and, and that's <laughs> and and that is it. And there is like no attempt to there is no attempt at subtext. There right. is no attempt at like character development. Or banter. Like, things just happen. Yeah. Like so so it's like it's like all of the dialogue, all of the writing is just so abysmal because it's on this one-dimensional level mm-hmm. of just like plainly speaking out the events of the film as they happen or are about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like just on a visual level, like the film just like there is no visual storytelling going on at all. I mean, okay, first of all, like as far as <laughs> visuals are concerned, like the costuming and the props are all like just so cheap looking. Like it all looks so dirt cheap. Right. Like there's just and 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 like I'm not necessarily and like we talked a bit about the Princess Bride as we were watching this, mm-hmm. which like the Princess Bride, like you know the 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 costumes and the ships in the Princess Bride, like you know they're all kitschy and campy and whatnot. But like the Princess Bride, like is operating on a level of camp and a level of fun, and also is bolstered by like a witty script with rich characters and and an interesting and and it tells a story in an interesting way right. that even if. The Princess Bride is like a little, you know, is a little rough around the edges. It still works, but it's, this it's, is it's, just, it's, it's rough in a lovable way because it is yeah. so like witty and, and lovable and yeah. fun. Like this movie, there's no there's heart. no redeeming yeah, yeah, qualities. There's, there's no heart behind this. It's just like it just nobody nobody looks like they want to be in this movie right. at all. Like it's so bad. It's so bad. Now, uh, U Bowl has this reputation. He's sort he's considered like the modern day Ed Wood. Ed Wood was a a director back in the day. He directed Plan Nine from Outer Space, Glenn Glenn or Glenda, Bride of the Monster, all low budget schlock masterpieces. Um, and and he was very well known for just having like the worst scripts, worst acting, worst production design, and the worst habits filming at the time. Like he's constantly called the worst director in Hollywood history. And then, but then you ball comes along and <laughs> says, "Hey, maybe maybe I can do <laughs> you one worse," and decides to be the modern Ed Wood. And it's crazy. Like you, you were asking me, how did he even? get these movies made because he's made over 30 movies and he he has such titles under his belt as Alone in the Dark, uh, In the Name of the King, uh, Postal, Rampage, all horrible, horrible movies. And he actually gets them done because, you know, he's he's German. So in Europe, there's 
the way that the film industry works is different from here in America. It's easier for someone to make a movie over there because you can get grants, you can get government funding for your movies. Uh, and so these movies that he made, he made with his own money, with government funding, and with crowdfunding. He uh, did a lot of online campaigning to raise the funds. And so he's made you know, quite a few of what you would normally call like bigger budget movies with big stars because... But but how did afford. but like how did how did how is it that Ben Kingsley's agent like didn't step in with him to be like hey uh, this one might not be like I I just I how, like how much money was you both able to offer these like serious name actors to like be in this thing was the money that he was able to offer I mean, these, these like name actors that good. I don't, I don't know, but when it comes to Ben Kingsley specifically, he does say, he said, uh, you know, they asked him why an actor of his career and reputation, Time Magazine asked him, why an actor of his career and reputation would accept a role in this kind of movie, and, and he said, to be honest, I have always wanted to play a vampire with the teeth and the long black cape. <laughs> Let's say that my motives were somewhat immature for doing it. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, I'll say. I mean, look, I I am a deep admirer of Ben Kingsley's work, um, and and boy, I don't know. Like that was that was real dispiriting. That yeah. was real dispiriting to see him in the movie. He he wasn't even the best thing, and he wasn't even the best performance in the movie. I don't know by far like, not. Yeah, not yeah, not, not, not by close. a long shot. Like I mean, best and worst are kind of like. I grasping mean, at straws at this point. Like yeah, I, I I initially at one point was ready to give that title to Meatloaf. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that sequence. I mean, Meatloaf made choices. He did at least, which, for, for the entire five minutes of screen time that he gave him. My yeah, he made he made some choices. All right, he 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 made some bold ones. We'll talk some more about the movie here in a second, but first, let's play some trivia. Oh my god. Oh my blood God. rain trivia, blood rain trivia. Are you ready for blood rain trivia? I'm not, but let's do it. Like, <laughs> uh, come on, this will be fun. Oh, look, I'm, look, look. We're gonna talk about this more, but like details are so difficult to grasp there, in this movie. Yeah, it was very I, difficult. I don't predict. I don't predict a a victory like a fish called Wanda. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. This is. It's not a very memorable movie. In fact. I saw this movie last night for research, and tonight, when they were getting to that final third of the film, I could not for the life of me remember how it ended. And then when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, that's way dumber than I thought it was. And I just watched it last night, and, I, and I'll probably forget how it ended again tomorrow. Because it was so dumb. I think I'm I'm already forgetting like <laughs> half of it right now. So. Uh, okay, so let's get this trivia We're, before yeah, you let's, lose it. Let's knock move. it out. Let's knock it As out. always, these are going to be five questions plus a bonus, and the questions uh, go in ascending order from um, least difficult to most difficult, or at least I hope they do. Difficult is relative. <laughs> now the grand prize is bragging rights. Now, if if you win Blood Rain bragging rights. Not very much to yeah. brag about. I, I mean, that's a thing. I think this is one of those games where if you win, you still kind of lose. You still gotta like, lose a little bit. But here we go. Let's see how you do. Last last week you did amazing. So yeah. let's see. You're actually doing a, have a pretty good streak going. I think. I, 
Look. <laughs> let's not break it. Let's go in. Let's get I'm it. I'm not in feeling loop. lucky. All right, let's I'm get not feeling it. Question <laughs> number one. Yes. Starting you nice and easy. Mm-hmm. What kind of creature is Rain, and who was she the offspring of? Uh, she is a damphire. Correct, damphire. And she is the and and a damphire is the. I'm, I'm assuming in a general sense. Uh, the damn fear is the is 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 half human, half vampire. That's correct. All right. Cool. And in the movie sense, in in this particular thing, she is the offspring of Ben Kingsley's character, whose Acceptable. name is okay. Thank you, Kagan. Kagan. <laughs> I knew it had a. I knew it had a. You did know it had a, 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 a case. A, plosi- a, a plosive. A back. A back plosive. To it, but um, Kagan, yes, and Kagan. and uh, human mother, and human who we know very little of, nameless uh, for our purposes. Yeah, very awkward. I mean, there's a lot of awkward things in this movie, but the, the placement of the flashbacks when we're seeing like her. St- First of all, the, the movie didn't need them. The movie did a well, and also again, like the the flashbacks themselves, like they just the movie just like goes crazy with flashbacks, yeah. like left and right. right, like like you have like the like when she escapes from the carnival, yeah, and an immediate like, flashback. Why couldn't we just see the escape? Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> I because you're not creating any sense of mystery. Yeah. You, <laughs> there's no sense being created. Period. Right. There's no tension. There's no, no mood. There's no building of romantic tension. There's no. no <laughs> what happened? There's very little of what anything. What happened to Orlando? Right. Here comes question number two. Okay. Question All right. Two. Apart from the location that we see in this movie, uh, which are the other headquarters of the Brimstone Society that we hear of that have fallen to Kagan's forces? Where are they located? What? <laughs> that happened? They discussed this? Oh, yeah, so a few times. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was the whole thing. Um. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I actually don't know. Uh, um. Uh, you want to take a guess? Somewhere in Europe? Denmark. And. No, apart apart from this one. So this, I'll tell you, this one was in France. So apart from this one, where oh, was this the was France. Yeah, this was France. Right, that was France. That was what somewhere in France. Was France. Yeah. So apart from because that, that one, was not clear. That was not made clear right. to me at all. But apart from that one, okay. there was one that they actually mentioned by name, the city where the other Brimstone Society was. You I'm really skeptical about your your claim that they that they mentioned several this. times. No, <laughs> no, yes. dude, no. In fact, at one point, Donastier comes and with a whole bunch of brimstone tags uh, or necklaces, and he says, "Spoils from blank to Kagan." This is actually something that happens in the movie. <laughs> That we just watched. I literally <laughs> have no recollection of this. Just, um, just pick a city in Europe. Okay. Um, you might get Copenhagen. Like, wrong. Um, it's Rome. 
Rome? Rome. There's one in Rome. Yeah, apparently. Okay. But there's another one too, right, that they mention? Well, it's an international society, so I guess there's some in lots of places. Yeah. But the, but, but the only one they mention is Rome. The only one that they mention in the movie is Rome, and then the one where they are based in this movie. In France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brimstone is a society. Again, I haven't played the video game either, but I, that, that's actually kind of a cool idea. I like the secret society, and I like the name Brimstone. Yeah, of like of like vampire hunters. But they did absolutely diddly with that. I think. Well, yeah. Again, there's like no clear explanation of like because the movie starts. Who they are. The movie starts with the three of them investigating something, but then, but but we. Uh, don't know exactly what it is. They're after the damn fear, but at the same time, they're not after the damn fear. Yeah, I, I just, I, my assumption was that they were just vampire hunters, and yeah. that they were just like, "Yo, I'm looking for a lead on a vampire." Right. That that was what I took away. But then somehow they get real wrapped up in the search for Kagan and the, <laughs> the trinkets and the. Somehow the movie happens all around them. Things happen. That's what. That is all that. Like this movie is just like things happen. Things happen in the movie. Somewhat arbitrarily. Like. All right. Here comes question number three. You're already on rocky ground. You got uh, one yeah. out of two. Here comes question number three. How do Vladimir and Sebastian sneak into Kagan's castle? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't at all. They blow the 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 fucking doors open with bombs. And then they charge at the castle until they are captured and taken into the prison cells. This movie has so many, like, <laughs> amazing Michael Madsen lines where he, he just says this, like, ridiculous shit. And then it happens. What is Michael Madsen doing in this movie? Good question. <laughs> and... <laughs> But there's like so they're they're in the background in the woods just like you know sneaking. He's and, French in this movie. He's French in this movie. Uh, so they're like watching and they see Rain getting uh, you know caught and going into the castle. Yeah, and, and, and he like, looks at Sebastian. What a situation. And he looks at Sebastian. and He says, "You know, there's only one way we're gonna get in there, right?" And the next thing we see, they're just charging. <laughs> <laughs> So you are absolutely correct. The answer is that they purposefully get captured. That's their whole plan to get to sneak into the castle is to purposefully get captured. Oh my god. Yeah. It's uh It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here comes question number 4. So now you got uh, 2 out of 3. You're doing better it's now. It's not even no, I, I I just it's not even like it's this it like it's it's the it's the dumbest take because like there are some movies that have had like really smart plans that revolve right. around eventually getting captured like right, yeah. like that certain people as part of a larger plan need to get captured mm -hmm. to be in a specific situation but 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 they're the way that they do <laughs> these it. Dumbasses are just like, no, we're just gonna get as far as we can. Yeah, and get captured. Like, <laughs> and then they're in the cell, and then Sebastian goes. turns to Vladimir and is like, you know, we have to get out of here, right? And then and then Vladimir says, so then let's get out of here. <laughs> oh. Okay. Next question. Question number four. Oh my god. What are the three body parts once belonging to the vampire Belial? Oh, 
It was uh, an eye, a heart, and a rib bone? Correct. Okay. All right, you got that I, one. I, I Throughout the film, I kept hearing ribbon. <laughs> ribbon. I kept hearing ribbon. And, only. And the and, vampire's and, ribbon. Well, and, and my mind was just so working over time to both process the film and also to ridicule it out loud. Right. Like emphatically, it's very hard not that to. I, that I just had to let the I just had to let the ribbon thing pass and just be like, okay, I think they're saying ribbon, but maybe I'm just missing something. So, anyways, here I am now, and I prosper. Now, I, I can I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me what each of the body parts do. What powers oh, this is, do they have? This is impossible because it makes no sense. It makes no the fucking eye sense. makes it so that vampires are not repelled by water, which also vampires repelled by water? I mean, I knew always knew holy water, but I, yeah, didn't, I didn't know water, it was like water, period. Yes, that... N- That's really weird. N- nah, I, I, I don't buy it. How do they bathe? Yeah, like, er, just, yeah, the water. And they have to no. drink blood. Blood has water in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has to be just holy water, as far as I know. Yeah. But apparently it's water in this movie, okay. all water. Okay, what, are this, what does the rib do? Do you remember? Um... The, the, the last two... Uh, protect from crucifixes and from sunlight. Correct. But but uh, but I don't know which goes to which. The rib overcomes the cross, and the heart overcomes the sunlight. And 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 like so so a th- that makes no sense. Right. That the rib specifically would have anything to do with. I guess because it's on your cruci- chest, and the crucifix is on your chest. And that the heart sunlight because. Yeah. Why doesn't the eye so, repel something? And, and then, and but then, on top of that, there is never a specific moment where one of the characters has the thing and then gets the benefit of it protecting yeah, we, them we never from see, the one thing. There's only yeah. the eye where they're right, like, the "Oh, eye. you've got the eye." But even that, it's like casually. Yeah, it's a casual mention. Right. And because, then they Because she's men- in the chamber with the water and then it splashes on her and she's like, oh, it's not hurting me anymore. Exactly. And then the guy, after the fact, is like, oh, well, you noticed that you didn't yeah. die, right? <laughs> but then there's never another moment in the film where it's like, right. oh, hey, you got that rib. Nice job yeah. not dying from a crucifix. Did we ever like, get the rib? I only saw... I only remember them her getting two talismans. No, because uh, Kagan gets the rib early. So he has the rib. So he has the rib. So why didn't she get the rib? And there's never a moment of Kagan being like, hey, guys, see what I can do. Right. There's just. Doesn't she need all three to become powerful? She already has two. Why didn't she she get the rib? Well, she didn't need the rib because she already repelled. She already didn't have a problem with Right, she's a damn fear. That's right. But, like, yeah, but uh, again, it's just, it's so messy. (laughs) It's all over the place. It makes no fucking sense. I'm really loud. I'm really sorry, everybody. I'm really loud right now. Like, this just, this hurts. Um, Now, when Belial died, apparently the parts of his body were hidden across the land. Uh, Kagan desires all of these parts in order to assume Belial's powers, and it becomes the hero's mission to stop him. That's essentially the plot of this movie. 
Yeah, okay, sure. Like, no, well, and also, it's just like, I mean, she already is inherently more powerful because she yeah. already is immune to crucifixes. That's true. So, all she needs is two of the three things. Mm-hmm. Like, she kind of has a definitive edge on, you know, Mr. Kagan. Like, right, it's really weird, the whole, uh, how... I mean, I guess the idea of it being absorbed into your body isn't weird. It's just weird the way that they do it in this movie because, again, it just happens and we're like, wait, what happened to the eye? It's how, Why is her... Things just happen in this movie. Why is like, her things are eye just different now? And, and there's no... Re- like, there's nothing is... Nothing is justified. At all. Right. Uh, anyways, okay. Okay, here comes question number five, the final question. Now, you're actually doing better than you thought you were. You've only missed one question so far. You even got the bonus point on that last one. I did. So this happens really fucking early in the movie. Okay. All right, because we were introduced to Rain at a circus. Yes. Now, right before Rain comes on, there's another act called The Amazing Amanda. What does The Amazing Amanda do that's so amazing? She uh, she dices up a candle with <laughs> those two massive fucking double arm sword things with the weird fucking handles, which like I I I have a vague recollection of how those weapons look in the game, right? Because I think they're based on the weapons that Blood Rain uses yeah. in the game. But boy, those swords look real fucking dopey in this movie. But yeah, she dices up a candle with two swords. How amazing, right? Super amazing. That's exactly what I mean, I can't do that. Like, so... I guess. Yeah, good for Amanda. The amazing Amanda. That's pretty amazing, Amanda. Who gives her her swords and it costs her her life because Blood Rain attacks her. Because she's in the bloodlust. Then she lives and then Katarin kills her because she's been bitten. And you know she's a, I guess it's gonna turn into a vampire. Yeah, cause she, cause she, she needed to provide some exposition. Goodbye, amazing Amanda. <laughs> Goodbye, amazing Amanda. All right, here comes the bonus. The bonus is actually about uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. So you were saying Michelle Rodriguez is actually one of the better parts of this movie. For the most. For the I, most. I, I think from a from a fighting choreography standpoint. Yeah. She seems to be the most comfortable with the fighting choreography. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't. I, <laughs> Look, a lot of the fighting in this film has me seriously doubting that they really use stunt performers. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think they use stunt performers. Yeah. Like, they have these big, ugly fucking swords that look about as sharp as, like... A really dull butter. No, I mean, Michael Madsen a... was always touching the blade, and he didn't seem to. Yeah, have any issue with yeah, it. he's just like gripping the leather on his thing. <laughs> it looked like he was sharpening it in his yeah, hand. Yeah, hard sharpening with a. He's had like a tiny, tiny little whetstone. whetstone. I, I... <laughs> this movie's so fucking ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> and he's just like running with it the whole time. He There's even nothing redeeming it. about this movie. Uh, but, but, okay, but yes, Michelle Rodriguez. So he, the bonus question is about Michelle Rodriguez. It's actually a two-part bonus. Okay. okay. The first part is if you can just give me a guess, a guesstimate, and ho- hopefully you're right, of how many movies has Michelle Rodriguez died in? Because she's sort of like the female Sean Bean. She dies in everything. She does die in a lot of movies. Now, yes. if you can give me the number, the exact number, you know, of how many movies and TV shows total that she's died in, uh, that's one bonus question. The second bonus uh, point is. If you can name at least two of the other instances 
where she's died in a movie Ooh. or TV show. Ooh. So first and foremost, if okay. you could just give me a number of what you think, how many times has she died on in film and TV? Okay, this is a tough one. I'm also going to say that there are two instances in her filmography where she's died and come back, and I'm counting both of those. Okay, fair. Okay, that's that's an interesting hint. I'm not sure how much it's going to help me. Okay, <laughs> well, maybe, okay, it's going to help me bump up my number a bit. I'm going to say 14. So the answer is not 14. Okay. It's 9. I was gonna guess nine. <laughs> no way! I was gonna guess Get a gun nine. With your gut. I, okay, no, because my initial impulse was fourteen. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, okay, that's actually a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna maybe scale it back a bit to like nine or something. But then you were all like, oh, but she dies multiple times <laughs> and comes back, and and I'm counting both of the. And I was like, oh, okay. So now, if you can name two other instances. Shit, this is actually becoming a little tricky now. Okay, um, she was in, wait, she was in, um, she was in Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, wasn't she? She was not. She was not, okay. So we'll, we'll leave that one off. <laughs> but but you're pretty close to a movie that she was in. Yes, she was, she because she was in a zombie film. She in Land of the Dead? No. Okay. Um, fuck. Does she die in the movie SWAT? No. Okay. I'm doing really <laughs> fucking bad. I'm guessing she probably dies and comes back in like the fat the Fast and the Furious franchise. But the problem is, I don't know which fucking movies she dies and comes back in. That's fine. I'll give it to you. Fast and the Furious franchise. That's one of them. That's one instance. Okay, where she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she doesn't die twice and come back within the franchise? No. And, and die again? No. Okay. She dies and comes back. Okay, Fast and Furious franchise. Um, fuck, what else is she in that is a franchise or is horror? Oh my god. Oh my god. This is killing me. <laughs> this is killing me. And this fucking movie has already done a lot of damage. Oh, shit. I'm completely blanking on her filmography, yo. Like, this is bad. So we give up? Yeah, we're gonna give up. All right. Um... So, I'm going to go through it. You ready? I got all the instances. Okay. We're starting with Blood Rain since we just watched it. Blood Rain, her neck was snapped by Christina Loken at the end of a fight. Christina then bites Michelle on the throat and then drains her blood. That's number one. Number two, in the Resident Evil franchise. Fucking Resident Evil! Oh my god! In the first Resident Evil, she's bitten by one of the zombies... She eventually dies from the virus when she and the others try to escape on a train. She immediately reanimates and is shot in the head. Now, in the Resident Evil franchise, uh, Resident Evil Retribution, which actually counts as a separate death because she comes back, 
but she's technically playing a clone. And the clone's neck is snapped and slashed across her right breast and shoulder when a creature knocks her into a pillar and then the evil clone is devoured by zombies after Mila Jovovich shoots out the ice from under her, causing her to fall into the water with the zombies. Damn, that's fucking cold. So those are three deaths right there. She she died twice in the Resident Evil franchise. All right. Now... Uh, number four in the movie The Breed. She's attacked by a dog and okay. dies. Uh, number five in the movie Avatar. Not The Last Airbender, but James Cameron's Avatar. She's killed in an explosion when Stephen Lang fires a missile at the helicopter that she is operating. Right. Cool. Uh, n- uh, then we have an episode of Lost called Two for the Road. Where she played Lucia Cortez in Lost, and she's fucking right. She played. She's in Lost. Yeah, and God she she was shot in the chest by Harold Perrineau Jr. after he after she hands him a gun. Uh, and then after that, we of course have the Fast and the Furious movies. And Fast and the Furious, uh, she's thought to be dead, uh, but then she comes back in Fast Six. And she hasn't died twice yet in that movie, so we're only counting one death for that one. Sounds right. Uh, then she's in a movie called Tropico de Sangre, where she plays one of the Maribal sisters. And in that one, she's brutally beaten to death. And then we have Alita, Battle Angel, where she plays Gelda. She dies off screen in a battle. We never actually see her die, but it is made... Uh, clear to us and it's assumed that she doesn't make it. Those are the nine instances of Michelle Rodriguez dying in her filmography. If we ever make our way to a Sean Bean film I'm expecting that we'll have a complete rundown of Sean Bean's death. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sean okay, Bean yeah. is like the king of dying on film. He is, film. he is, absolutely. <laughs> the, 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 the king and the heir apparent right. Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Now, when we were watching this movie, you mentioned uh, how, like, you know, how did Guinevere Turner write this movie? Because she, yeah, she wrote American Psycho. American Psycho is a great movie. Which is really fucking good. And Notorious Betty Page is a great movie. So here's a little background as to, you know, give us a clue why this movie is so bad. Uh, Guinevere Turner actually turned in the first draft two weeks late. Um, she recalls that she received an angry phone call from Ubol, who swore at her and demanded that she hand in the draft, even though she wasn't done with it. Uh, and about a week after the phone call, she just sent him the first rough draft. And, you know, she said that she's still working on it. And so Ubol um, accepted the draft. And rather than asking for her redrafts, he decided to make his own changes and then asked the actors to, quote, take a crack at it. So Turner estimates that only 20% of her script was actually filmed. And the, Well, okay, that makes some <laughs> sense. Like, the combination of... I Yeah, like, the, definitely looks like at least a rough draft. Right. But also the fact that Ubol took on writing duties as well and also let the actors have free reign over the script Mm -hmm. like so they were working off of a rough first draft and and not even not even that right they didn't even use like most of it sounds about right and (laughs) and the whole and the whole film feels so fucking rushed like it it, it, it has the feel like it just of a lack of 
yeah, attention to detail. It feels like, like a bunch of like high school kids made a movie over the weekend. Yeah, like there's like no establishing shots. There's no like, you know, like again, things just happen. Mm-hmm. There's like no building of like visual tension at right. any point in the movie. There's no building of romantic tension at any point in the movie. It's all just like the camera is put in a spot and moves around to a few different spots um, for the fight sequences. It cuts a lot because, you know, you have to do that. It just... Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, uh, I, this move, a movie like, the, like this makes me want to create a new segment for this show. A new segment called, What is up with this movie? I... <laughs> I think certain films would justify the existence of that segment. Because like, there's so many things that we can talk about. First of all, what's up with Michelle Rodriguez's accent in this movie? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I feel like she she definitely had good presence for the fight sequences. Right. I think she, assuming that they all did their own stunts, which I think they did. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it looks like, again, very little detail was paid to <laughs> choreographing these fights. Um, Michelle Rodriguez did seem to handle herself among the best of right. the people on screen. Um, but yeah, she had a weird fucking accent so going weird. on that was like, and and I feel like a lot of the accent work in the movie was pretty inconsistent. Yeah, it like, was really uh, inconsistent. Um, uh, Rain, who played Christina Rain? Loken. Christina Loken. I'm pretty sure she kind of went back and forth, scene by scene, Kinda. between like American right? accent and a sort of so yeah. There's like a whole pseudo British thing going on. Even Michael Madsen kind of does it a little bit, yeah. but not consistently. I don't even know like, what Michael Madsen is, is doing with his. Vo- I mean, he. Well, and here's the thing too. Like, I think that you know, given the right circumstances, there could be a place for Michael Madsen in, like, a medieval-esque yeah. period-type film. Like, and even as a similar type of, like, character, mm-hmm. like, some sort of a... Maybe, like, a, a little more of a burned-out, like, Vampire Hunter-type guy. But, like, you could get that performance out of him, but, like, you'd have to concede a lot of stylistic things, like, that... Firstly, don't ask him to do the accent work because I don't I don't know that he necessarily has the chops for right. it. Um, so, like, just you know, be content with all American English speaking yeah. actors if you're going to. I don't know. I don't know. According just, to you, Bull, Michael Madsen was frequently drunk throughout the production. I was pretty. <laughs> I I I had a strong feeling he was drunk as hell. <laughs> Now, Michael Madsen. I knew it. Michael Madsen calls this movie an abomination. He says it's a horrifying and preposterous movie. But he does add that he enjoyed working with director Ubol and would certainly work with him again if asked. <laughs> what else is up with this movie? Oh my ben God. Kingsley, why is he always sitting? His like half of his performance is sitting on a chair. Oh my God. He only gets up like maybe twice in the movie, and one time it's for the final fight. Why are you always sitting, oh Ben my Kingsley? God. <laughs> and and seriously, like talk about phoning in performances. Like just man, I 
I, I am so baffled that he apparently really was looking forward to playing a vampire because he sure didn't look You it. can't see it. You can't like, see you that amazing. Yeah. You can't see the childish He's not having this. fun at all in this no, movie. No, he, he seems to have realized that he he's he's got his paycheck and he can he can just do his thing. What is up with this movie? What is up with all of the random shots of horses riding along cliffs in this movie? (laughs) Why are we getting Lord of the Rings level epic shots? Oh my god! So many horses like this movie. Yeah, the fucking the fucking guy who's who's uh, Kagan's like sort of number one. Oh yeah, Domestier. And like he he leads like just a massive like cluster of horses. They don't have any kind of formation. What's happening? Like it's just so weird it's so weird the uh, filming of this movie actually took place in romania in the carpathian mountains but it's crazy like even though we get so many like of those epic shots of the mountains you really don't get any sense for the landscape <sighs> it's all just like weird shots of horses running along cliffs this was in <laughs> france right this movie was in france it took right? place in france but it was filmed in romania but filmed in romania The filming took place in a castle also where Prince Vlad the Impaler presumably spent a night once. Okay. It was sort of like a a bed and breakfast situation, I guess. I was wondering if the Vlad of the film was Vlad the (laughs) Impaler, but I'm glad to know that he was tangentially related to the film. What is up with this movie? Why is Meatloaf in this movie for five fucking minutes? <laughs> giving giving a performance that did have a bit of life to it. Though, yeah. again, I'm certain that he was under some kind of uh, mind-altering influence. He, he definitely took a bite of his performance. <laughs> <laughs> there was some scenery chewing going on there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. That was it was really really weird and also just like that whole sequence makes no sense it wasn't necessary to the movie at all nothing happens one and especially just because like he apparently seems to be hanging out like on top of a like vampire feeding ground of some sort where a bunch of vampires can like just feast on people chained up at their leisure but like and 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 so one so you have just like. This sudden abrupt shift into like sort of hyper gory horror imagery that just yeah. comes out of nowhere, right. like when the vampire hunters are like sneaking through the yeah. basement and like you. But got there's like, no mood or but, like but tone like, or anything. Yeah, you know? like it just it's just like oh just now there. there's a, a, a bloody skeleton right like right there and like, they it, saved a kid but like that had nothing to do with anything that happened before. Or after. Yeah, what happened? Like he, they put him down on the ground. Right, and, that's the last and then they just left. <laughs> That's not saving him. What is happening with this movie? What is up with this movie? Now, the film was... No surprise here. The film was nominated for six Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, my God. Including Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Supporting Actor for Ben Kingsley, Worst Supporting Actress for Michelle Rodriguez, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay. However, Blood Rain did not win any having been dominated by both Basic Instinct 2 and Little Man, who had seven nominations each. That was a, a really bad year at the Raspberries. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, that's saying something. There is another award that I've, I, I haven't really heard that much about. It's called the uh, Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. 
And at the 2006 Stinkers, it received nine nominations, trailing behind Zoom's 10, and it won four uh, for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Ensemble, and Least Special Special Effects. Least Special Special Effects. I love it. The other nominations were for Worst Supporting Actor for Meatloaf, (laughs) Worst Supporting (laughs) Actress for Rodriguez, Worst Screenplay, Most Annoying Fake Female Fake Accent for Rodriguez, and Least Scary Horror Movie. Let's go into the first of our GSV segments. The first one's called Shots, 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 Shots. All right. If you had to guess how many deaths on screen, on screen deaths do we get in this movie? Oh, I'm going to put it in the... There's a lot. There's a lot of on screen deaths. A fuck ton. You're going to be surprised by this number, I think. All right, I'm going to put it in the 50 to 60 range. Am I low or am it's I It's not high? a bad guess, but you're low. I'm low. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do, do you want me to take another guess? You can take one more guess if you want. I'm going to say in the 80 to 90 range. That's closer. The actual number is 102. 102? 102 people meet their doom on, on screen. screen. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dope. Now... How many do you think that Rain herself, Rain, Miss Rain, first name Blood, is responsible for? Um, <laughs> blood. <laughs> Rain, Rain, Mrs. Rain is my mother. <laughs> Call me Blood. <laughs> uh, is probably responsible for, uh, let's say, like 32-ish. It's 19. Ah! Ah, well, you know... She doesn't kill that many, apparently. Okay, but also, like, I, 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 this movie is so difficult to comprehend. Yeah, it is. I, there's can't. just deaths flying... There's no... I mean, Nothing, things are just happening! You know, we talk about a movie like, uh, like John Wick, for example, which has excellent hand-eye coordination with the deaths. Every single death is, is like, well-executed, filmed, and ultimately memorable because... Of the follow through, yeah. This movie is like the complete opposite of that. There's just like body parts flying everywhere. There's action. There's just like a bunch of twirling. The camera does like some shit that does nothing to complement well, what's well, happening on well, screen. Well, and also like you know, in in John Wick, like each each action set piece like has a rhythm to it. Yeah, like it's just like it, it you know, there there's like peaks and valleys to yeah. how it happens and like, you know, some deaths are quick, but then you have like a few more resilient people that he has to work his way through or around. Nope. And so it so it so it's so it, it just yeah, like you you feel like you you can you can get a sense of like the flow and the right. action Absolutely. And, and the story. Like mm-hmm. each each fight has a story. Yeah. And and the thing is like and, and actually this kind of ties to like the soundtrack of mm-hmm. this movie that like the movie has this like very Super generic one, yeah, yeah very generic very one note soundtrack. So like basically just the whole movie is just textureless. Mm-hmm. It just it it, it completely just plods along at pretty much the same pace with like no variation yeah. in tempo right and no, like so and the combat and the fighting in this film is very much the same way it's just like the the only thing that changes is that like there are more quick cuts during the fight right. sequences to better hide the fact that they are doing their own stunts badly yeah. like so 
I mean, the fighting in The Warrior and the Sorceress was more compelling than this shit, you know? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, not by much. Not by much. Not by much. But um, but certainly uh, the Deathstalker fighting yeah. was much better than this movie. There are so many instances I was noticing this time around of like people like running to their marks and then swinging their weapons. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that. Like they um, weren't following through with the action. They were just running up to their mark and then starting the fight. Yeah, and also just like very poor physical engagement. Um, yeah. especially from. Uh, Mrs. Rain herself, right? Like, just like you know, she she is your she is your protagonist. Yeah, like, she's supposed to be a got, badass. Yeah, you've got you need to put in training time if she's going to be doing her own stuff. Yeah. And like they they needed to give her prep work, mm-hmm. and apparently they did not. Yeah, it is it, oh, just so bad. It is like, so bad. Vladimir has the highest count of deaths for a human. Do you want to take a stab at how many Vlad uh, killed? Um, fifty to sixty. No. Okay. Eight. <laughs> I think that the most of the deaths actually come from um, Donisteer and his gang because they killed a whole bunch of monks and they killed a whole bunch of brimstone people. That's fair. I feel that like they're the fair. ones who are just slicing left and right. Yeah. I, I'm really, I, really confused by the climax of this movie. I mean, I, I'm confused by the whole movie. But the climax doesn't make any sense to me because it's supposed to be, I guess, like Rain's most powerful moment. And yet I feel like Vladimir and Sebastian have more heroic stuff going on. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, Blood Rain is like pinned to the thing. And and she doesn't really beat anybody. Yeah, she doesn't really get into the mix until like very close to the end of that whole sequence. And she, um, she fights Kagan, but even then, she's bested by Kagan yeah, until Sebastian Yeah, she's bested by him and then relives him. the rape of her mother again right. before ultimately overcoming it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, uh, if it, it, the one moment where maybe there's two dimensions instead of one in the film where they draw the parallel between her and that particular situation and mm-hmm. her mother's rape. But, like, yeah, it's just... Ugh, it's just... <laughs> It's bad. It's so It's so bad. bad. Also, Let's, wait. Okay, so like Billy Zane is also there and he's plotting against Kagan, but not. He's Katerin's father, but he's Katerin's father, but he won't he's give ex, up. He's ex-Brimstone, but he's now a vampire. He's ex Okay, oh but but, but wait, but let me make sure I get this right cuz he's ex-Brimstone, <laughs> right. but he's now a vampire. Yeah. But then Kagan's dude is like, yo, tell me where the Brimstone homie's at. And he's like, no, I'm not going to betray my he's, daughter. He's still loyal to Brimstone. Because he's still loyal to Brimstone and he's still loyal to his daughter. Right. And he's like, I'm not going to sell her out. Mm-hmm. And then the dude's like, well, fuck you. And then he's like, well, why don't you help me plot against Kagan? Mm-hmm. But then they that make it to Brimstone revisited. anyway. So yeah. that would imply that Billy Zane did sell them out. But... Because Katerin sells him out, sells Brimstone out. That, I mean, it's really confusing. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. But Katerin is the one who betrays Brimstone. But when? Because she that writes makes no her, fucking sense. She writes to her father. Right. No. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I'm with you. What the hell? What the hell? I mean, presumably she asked her father to give up the location. But we don't see that actually happening, or at least maybe if if it does happen, I missed it twice. I watched this movie twice, and I, I fucking miss it both times if it happens. 
Because Billy Zane is just like in this movie for like two seconds and then he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I might have loved Billy Zane's performance the best, especially when he gives the composed, only funny well, line in the whole movie. Well, and because he's writing, he's composing the letter to his daughter at the very beginning yeah. of the movie, and he's totally playing it like a like a fucking like restoration, yeah, era comedy farce thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 him and him and the guy who's writing the letter are both kind of like mugging at each right. other. Like he definitely mugs at the camera. And, and at first, I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" But now I look on it very fondly as mm-hmm. like the only moment the film had any levity to it. And when Billy like, Zane oh, says, "Oh, I'm a vampire, but I'm so eccentric," they, that, that's what they should have gone for. Actually, if they had gone for that tone, then maybe the movie could have been like a comedy, and you know, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the funny line or, uh, for me, I thought it was funny when he was like, "Will you stop throwing?" That's the one. I'm, that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. We stop throwing things. Uh, at me. And that, and boy, did I wish the film would stop throwing things at me. Like, right now, they did ask. Billy Zane also about his experience working with you, Bull, and he said that he enjoyed working with such a decisive director. (laughs) (laughs) As if any decisions were made during this movie. Oh my god. Let's go into the next segment. This one's called Boob Tube. (laughs) There's a fair amount of boobs. There's a lot of uh, nonsensical, all gratuitous nudity. Yes, a lot of gratuitous nudity. First of all, Most we of got which is in pro- very close proximity to Meatloaf. Yeah, we got Leonid's chamber. Yeah, where he's just like lying in a pile of naked vampires. Are, are they ba- vampires? <laughs> yeah, or? I guess. I'm, I guess. I think they were vampires or because because yeah, vampire orgy. So good for him, Leonid's, you know, getting it done. Now, the half-naked prostitutes in the scene are actual real-life Romanian prostitutes. Okay. Uh, at the, well, yeah, there was there was some full-body nudity there. there. Was. So, um, at the yeah. Stockholm International Film Festival, which, why are you invited to the Stockholm International Film Festival, you bull? But you're there, uh, and you're talking about this movie, and uh, the director, you bull, said that, the press, the, that hiring prostitutes were cheaper than hiring actresses. So that's why he hired the prostitutes. I guess I, I'm assuming that means he didn't pay them union wages. <laughs> Clearly, boy, I'm I'm I, I'm learning a lot about German film labor laws today. And let's uh, go to Europe and it, make a it, movie, it, man. I, I, I don't I don't know that it's uh, I don't know that it's necessarily leading to uh, the production of great films. The other big uh, sex scene of note is between Rain and Sebastian. We got to talk about that because it just comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and 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 I made a comment while we were watching it how it um, it 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 reminded me of the infamous uh, sex scene, the infamous pool sex scene mm-hmm. from Showgirls, yeah. and. And and boy, by the way, uh, this watching this film is giving me a very very deep appreciation for <laughs> Showgirls. Showgirls is a masterpiece compared to this, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 a deep appreciation for like uh, you know uh, the Phantom Menace, which actually, to be fair, like, all bad movies are not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, but yes, that scene where they have sex. Comes out of nowhere. Again, yeah, it just happens. It just literally arbitrarily happens. It's just like, yeah, it, it, there, there is not a single, a single 
iota, a single hint dropped that mm-hmm. there is any level of like Attraction, interest or chemistry. Te- yeah, like just nothing. It's literally she is imprisoned uh, like and she trains. A few scenes before that, they had the training scene, uh, and uh, I commented to you because I remembered that from watching it last night and then watching the training scene again. I'm like, that's a good opportunity to develop some sort of like romantic tension because he's training her and usually in these types of scenes like you know that that's what you get like when the guy's training the girl you get like yeah, romantic there's, there's, tension yes but there was none of that and then we see them fucking like two scenes later <laughs> yeah and she yeah, at first goes like to kind of bite him or something but then doesn't turn him yeah, it's not a bite and then and then she's and then she mounts him right by the the, the thing and, and at the end of the movie she wants to bite him again and he refuses he dies she cries again i don't believe that they have anything yeah it just <laughs> it just happened and 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 like it and and and, and that sex scene just like it's it it's so it's so just like it, <laughs> it 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 really just hammered home how juvenile this film was oh, yeah. because like he because there's just like what, there's like one point where he leans his head down and just licks her boob yeah and it's just like it, it it's, why and, and and it's like it just it it's so again it's like what tone are we looking right. for for this movie like is it is it a serious medieval thing mm-hmm. is it a crazy camp soft thing core porn. Is, it, is it a soft core <laughs> porn like like what what is this thing between right. them like and because there's no chemistry though that like even though that happens like he literally like licks her nipple but it's not but it's sexy one, at all and and it's just like <laughs> one lick and then they carry on it's, as if it didn't happen right like, like, oh, that didn't work. Sorry, baby. Like, it just... <laughs> like, Let me try someone else. Uh, I, I just I just wanted to see... Just wanted to see what would happen. Like, Why would anyone want to have sex with someone who, like, who had it, that mullet a, anyway? It's a very bags of sand type oh, of relationship yeah, very much. between him and the boob. It's the hair. The hair, you know, destroys oh. his sexual prowess. Oh, that... Oh, that hair. That hair. Oh, that hair. My, my dude... Oh now, Christina Loken did not return for the sequels. She was replaced by Natasha Maeve. We already talked a little bit about her as an actress. But what about Rain as a character? Do you feel like she's at least like a strong female character with agency? Or do you feel like, you know, there's not a lot there? Even though she's the main character, I don't really feel like she has a lot of agency. I mean, she does stuff. She does things. But, like, yeah. the... In, Things in are done of, to in, her. In, in spite of the fact that she states, I no longer wish to feed on humans and I wish to kill Kagan. Right. Like, she explicitly states her motivation. <laughs> right. But, like, the it just, there's no, there's no instance of her, like, reckoning with, like, her place in the world. Mm-hmm. There's no sense of, like... It, she, in, in she just does things. Things yeah. just happen. Right. And, it's all and, external. Like that's the thing is that like uh, you know how how we can sort of you know analyze like the strength of a character has to do with like what kind of like like what kind of adversity they come up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and 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 what they're able to do their in the face of journey. that adversity. Like, yeah, their journey. And like this film just like does such a piss poor job it really of does. Like, establishing any any yeah. set any sort of like, you know, thematic anything. Like just there's nothing. It gives us nothing. It gives us a series of events and actions that people do and explain that they are doing as they Cuz do I them. feel like anytime she's given like a call to action or she attempts to do something for her own, like another character steps in and leads her a different direction. So I n- I never feel like she is I guess the most purposeful thing she does in this movie to me is go after the heart and kill Katerin. Other than that, she's just being led by the nose by all these other yeah. characters. Like, like to give an example, like they set, like they they start with her breaking away from the carnival right. by like going into a bloodlust mm-hmm. and killing everybody, mm-hmm. including like the woman who gave her right. the swords. And then, but like we never, we never give get a moment. Of like her reckoning, with yeah, never. That. Like she just doesn't process. Because then, then she meets like she, the vampire. She has a moment where she's sad, but right. like it doesn't, it doesn't come back. It doesn't inform. It doesn't inform like her process of self. There's no inner turmoil, and 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 then. And then when the film ends and she kills Kagan and she slowly walks to the throne, so and slow. Sits, which like is, you know, it's a big cliche yeah. of like the hero takes the throne of the villain that they deposed. But like, but, yeah, and, and, and it's like, but but there was nothing leading up to that. Yeah, there's nothing leading up to it. And it's like, you know, and, and a moment like that, typically when that happens, you know, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because typically it's it. It is infused with meaning, the right. idea of the hero sort of taking, taking the her throne place, of yeah. the villain. Her deserved place, and, yeah, position. And there is no meaning no. here at all. Because that like, wasn't her ultimate goal. That wasn't her goal. And, like, there's no there's no reckoning with, like, what it means to be a damn fear. There is no reckoning at all. Yeah. What did you think about Katarin as a character compared to to Rain? Um, Apart from the performance, like as a character, I do feel like Katarin had at least a little more agency than Rain. Did. There, there. I mean, there's more interesting stuff going on, kind of. She at but least has a little bit of like she, conflict yeah, happening. She seemed, yeah, a little bit, but not really, because like <laughs> she has like, yeah, it, it no, nah, I, I, I can't, I can't even, I, I can't even. They're just, I do, th- I do, I do feel you. Like when we were talking about, you know, they have that fight between um, Katarin and Rain, uh, and then Rain says, "We, we shall." Uh, Take finish, the, finish this, this later. later and then they have the final showdown underwater which is nothing and then it's over quickly when they're out of the water she snaps yeah. her neck and she dies there's really like no sense of closure we were, we were both talking about exactly like, yeah no yeah when they face off like on the training grounds like it's it's meant to set up that there's like a mistrust between mm-hmm. them or a tension of some sort mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would imply, right? Um, except like it's all done with this like really hammy bad dialogue, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and where where they both are kind of plainly explaining their whole situation to one another. There's no like, there's no level of like just you know, 
threading it out with like any level of subtlety or right. whatever. And they're not playful with the dialogue and at all. It's just like saying shit to each other. <laughs> it just <laughs> It's like so exhausting. It's really disappointing. It's so exhausting to like try to make sense out of this movie that doesn't give you anything. It doesn't it doesn't give you anything to like hold on to to be like, "Oh, that was interesting." It's I, w- just- I want to highlight another um Another actress's performance in this movie. She she has a really bit part so, somewhat early in the movie. And I'm talking about Geraldine Chaplin, who plays the fortune teller. Now, Geraldine Chaplin is a pretty renowned international actress. She's done movies in Spanish, English, and French. She's been critically acclaimed. She is, of course, uh, the daughter of Charlie Chaplin. Uh, and... She is in this movie for the fortune teller scene, which is a terribly written scene. And I'm just like wondering, like, you know, that to me, even more than Ben Kingsley, I'm like, why is Geraldine Chaplin in this movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just (laughs) so bad. Like, again, it's just like there's there's no sense of mystery about her presence. Mm -hmm. It's just simply like... Rain sees her. Mm-hmm. Rain gets a weird mind read vibe right. from her. Right. And then she walks up to her, at which point she immediately gives her a tarot reading yep. and explicitly is like, you are this, you are that. It's all exposition. This is all, it's like all exposition. So there's there's just no, there's no sense of character. There's no sense of like how she's informing Rain's actual emotional state she explains exposition of Mm -hmm. like rain's literal situation but there's no there's no there's no diving deeper there's no question asked of her there's no there's no putting a problem before her of like what does this mean for you Mm -hmm. now what are you gonna do now Mm -hmm. it's just like hey this is the situation and rain's like i'm gonna kill the guy you gotta go to the monastery and get the eye and she's like okay and then the next scene she's at the monastery yeah let's go into the next segment this one's called "Eh, that's problematic all right what what do we got? What's problematic in this movie? <laughs> I mean, like the movie. Like it's just it's just it's just so like it's so fucking juvenile. It's just so it just it the movie doesn't even like it, it's it's almost like I mean, it's just so Adolescent. It's, it's hard to pick out. It's, I agree. It, like it, just the way it, you know. It's hard flaunt- to even say like certain decisions are sexist or racist or problematic because there's like literally zero thought behind every decision. So how could it possibly be? Yeah, it's all just like so <laughs> chaotic and hodgepodge and yeah. Like even the inclusion of the prostitutes, I feel like. It's gratuitous, but is it problematic? I don't know because I mean, there's yeah. not enough there's not enough depth in I there. I mean, there's there is there is something I find a little chilling about like it was cheaper for us to hire prostitutes for this scene mm-hmm. than to hire actresses as as you know because that's that's very telling of like the, 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 impor- the, of the importance at, yeah. of the scene for story right. as opposed to like 
I want to show off some yeah. tits and ass and pussy. Right. Like it just it it it's just so it's just so fucking vile. Like right. the, so like vile. just just the the whole approach and and again like just the the se- and the sex scene between Rain and. Sebastian. Mullet, Mr. Mullet. <laughs> mullet head. Mullet head. He, 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 he gets Mr. Mullet now. Like, just, it's, you know, it, it, again, it's just like the fact that there is no, there is no build to it. There is, like, even, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic context at all. It can right. be, like, about some sort of uh, attraction that's purely physical, yeah. that's fine. That but you gotta still, build that up still to tells it. you something about the characters right. if, like, they have to find solace in one another through a physical connection. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, that there's none of that there. It's soulless. It's mm-hmm. completely soulless. It's just... It's just like an opportunity to get the dude to lick a tit. Like, right, yeah. And nothing else. Like... I also thought that the uh, the the whole backstory of Kagan like raping Rain's mom and then the flashbacks that's somewhat problematic to me because again I don't think that we needed the flashbacks in the movie we didn't yeah we didn't need the flashbacks and like you know and and it's just it's yeah the I mean yeah the the use of rape as a as a narrative device is so overused is it, yeah it's very overused and lazy and and, and it's and it's lazy mm-hmm. in this particular case it is just lazy and it's 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 a lazy way to try to you know infuse a character with you know any sort of like any sort of like investment right. purely by just like lob you know dolloping on just this like you know awful trauma without Mm -hmm. any like like it just it it says nothing about like you know who who kagan is Mm -hmm. like it's just like oh he raped my mother and i saw it happen like that's just that's just so needlessly cruel like without without it being like 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 we don't we don't get any like actual observations into like who Kagan is. Yeah, like absolutely. you know, the thing is like rape is rape is is about using your power right. over someone. Right. And it's it, that's that is what it's about. But like all all Kagan is is just a very generic, poorly realized, yeah. you know, evil villain vampire yeah, who, who sits like, all the time, who just sits all the time and <laughs> wants to be the most powerful, and then like like, and then just oh, and by the way, he also you know occasionally rapes women. It's just yeah, it, it makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's very lazy. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have any bearing on what these people are mm-hmm. actually doing. It's just, um, yeah. Going back to our comparison with the uh, Prince's Bride, like I, I love how Prince's Bride uh, makes fun of that type of lazy writing with the character of Indigo Montoya. Like his whole thing is that the character killed his father, prepared to die, which is like so stupidly lazy, but hmm. then it's used very cleverly in the movie. Yeah. Like a movie like this is like, you can you can actually see why that trope is so lazy because a movie like this just like uses it as a perfunctory note in the background of a character. Yeah. It's not even like because because you, we don't really see any conflict with Rain about that at all either, really. 
No, no, we don't. <laughs> like, she just simply states, if we're, I'm if, gonna kill him. If we're not told explicitly that Kagan is her father, would we have even known a difference? No. No, not. Not, not for what we saw. Right. Not for what we saw. Um, yeah. Um, so, you bull as we mentioned, he's now a restaurateur. He has a restaurant in Vancouver, which uh, is a Bauhaus. It's a German restaurant. and uh, I hope his dishes have more texture well, than his movies. he's actually gotten some pretty good reviews uh, in oh, his restaurant. Good for him. And uh, he, he, he talks about how he had to quit filmmaking in order to get good reviews. He's one of the things he said. Uh, he also has a cameo appearance in this movie. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, let make you watch it again. Thank but God. if you wanted to, at four minutes twenty seven seconds in the circus scene, he is in the audience and he is wearing a modern wristwatch. So that's. I mean, <laughs> there, there you go, right there. Just like that's. So lazy fucking filmmaker. Final thoughts: You bowl, bad director or the worst director? <laughs> you know those choices are really awful limiting. Uh, you know, it feels like I don't have enough room to really go into how bad this man is. I mean, we have you we haven't seen enough to really, you know, say decisively, no, but it's only uh, just this one movie. This is a and we pretty good entry though in the bad director category. I'll tell you what, too, just to add to my perpetual disappointment. Um we this movie was so bad, we couldn't even get into the question of adapting video games. And I don't think we can. Like nah, I don't not think this with is this not piece of right. shit. I, I, it's just so bad. If you ever play this game, come back to me and let me know how it compares to the movie. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't think it's available. I'll have to check. I don't know if there's a PC port of it. I don't. If there is, I'll, I'll see. From what I understand, this movie is is very loosely <laughs> like the the video game. I that's <laughs> that's my guess too. I feel like I feel like I'm guessing Rain probably. It's probably much more fleshed out and badass in the video Maybe, game. Maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'll report back. I'll, um, I'll, I'll do some digging. All right, so Blood Rain. Bad movie. So-so movie. Good movie. Great movie. Where do you fall? So bad. <laughs> so exhaustingly dis- just terrible. Yeah. Like, just... Why? It's so bad. I agree. It's it's uh it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It might be one of the worst like three movies I've ever seen in my life. I think I think it. I think we talked about what the worst movie I saw was before we started filming. Yeah, yeah. I I think this I think this one takes the spot. Yeah. I think this one takes the I, spot. This is a pretty bad movie. There's a, we we talked about after um. Well, we've we've talked after like Showgirls and Warrior and The Sorceress how my qualification for whether I enjoy a movie, even because I do like bad movies, you know, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I ha- we have this podcast is to talk about schlocky movies. I yeah. I love them absolutely. Uh, and for me, the question of whether a movie is good or bad is more uh, is a movie fun, and do I have fun watching it? And if I were to, you know, get, be given the choice, hey. Do you want to watch this movie? Would I say yes? And 
the answer to those questions in this regard is a resounding no. I do not ever want to see this movie again. This movie is not fun. And if someone were to tell me, hey, would you rather watch Ghost Rider or Blood Rain? I would probably have to pick Ghost Rider. Yeah, same here. Well, because, like, even in Warrior and the Sorceress, like, you know, that movie definitely dragged and um, and and had a lot of poor choices mm-hmm. throughout. But, like, you know, there was still some... There was still just, like, some sort of sense of, like, you know, an enthusiasm right. to at least tell the story. Right. Um, I think... Uh, Deathstalker, I think, had a little more of that. Yeah. Um, but like again, the same issue of just like you know that there's a little blood in it. There's a little mm-hmm. there's a little like you know fun to be mm-hmm. had, like you said. But also just like you know just like a little investment in the idea of the story and a like stake in the game. Yeah. And 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 this this movie just is so lacking in any level yeah. of inspiration or yeah. It's very or, detached. Yeah. It's it's just. Yeah, everyone just looks like they would rather be anywhere. Right, else. just sleepwalking and, through it. Yeah, and and boy, I wish I could be I, anywhere else too. <laughs> so guys, I'm so, I'm sorry if you watched this movie, but uh, hopefully the discussion was at least a little bit of fun. We had fun talking about it. At we, the very did. Least. we did. We did. It did. It it's it's taken a toll, but um, but I I I was happy to uh, to. Pour my, <laughs> pour my my woes out for you all. You know, it's all about that catharsis here mm, at GSV. Yes, that it is. So thank you for watching Blood Rain with me, Ned. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we hope that you guys out there join us next time where we will be watching another schlocky movie and uh, playing trivia and dissecting it. Until then... Don't watch you bowl movies, but watch some movies. I need a drink. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. No relationship, no emotion, just